Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every week. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing Season 1, Part 2 of Star Trek Discovery. How are we doing, Damask? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. I'm sitting here with my cup of tea. How are you? It's late on a Thursday night. Normally record on a Wednesday night, but this week... Mixing it up. Made it Thursday. Why'd we go to a generic Australian accent? Don't know, mate. Okay. Just that was one for the listeners. Someone, <laughs> someone wanted to hear that. Now they have. Oh, well, should we just get straight into things? No more mucking around. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Off topic. Hot topic. Off topic. Hot topic. Uh, that's whatever you were talking about for you. Okay, I'm going to start with a couple of news stories. Yes, please. Uh, a Brian Fuller update to begin mm. with. I feel like we should make this a regular segment. Like yeah. Brian Fuller watch. <laughs> uh, here's the latest one. Brian Fuller exits Apple's Amazing Stories Anthology. This is by Leslie Goldberg at The Hollywood Reporter who reports, Apple has yet to launch a scripted series, but it has parted ways with its first showrunner. What I love about this, they haven't even made a series yet, and yet Brian Fuller has already oh, found a way God. to leave a project with them. Yeah. It was a project I wasn't even aware he was doing. It's I, a certain skill set that only Brian Fuller has. I talked about Vampire Vampire Chronicles or something like that yeah, last week. Did. I didn't even know about this one. <laughs> Fuller exited the project, citing creative differences. The split is said to have been amicable. Fuller, who originally developed Amazing Stories for NBC before it moved to Apple with a series back pickup, is said to have wanted to do Black Mirror, a Black Mirror-type show, which sources say was not something the iPhone maker had in mind. Apple continues to spend on scripted originals as the company is said to be working with a $1 billion budget. Its scripted roster includes a morning show drama starring Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. This actually sounds kind of Ooh. interesting. Uh, space drama from Battlestar Galactica creator Ron Moore. Stephen DeKnight futuristic drama series. Stephen DeKnight is the one who did... Wasn't he the end up being the showrunner on Daredevil? It was. Um, and a comedy starring Kristen Wiig. What remains is to be determined, however, is just how Apple will launch its scripted programming. That was kind of the other reason I wanted to bring this up, apart mm-hmm. from the Brian Fuller watch. Apple's making TV content now? Who isn't making TV content well, now? Well, that was the next story. Facebook orders Elizabeth mm-hmm. Olsen half-hour dramedy. So Apple's making stuff. Yep. YouTube's making stuff. Mm-hmm. Facebook's making stuff. Yep. Amazon's making stuff. I feel like I'm going to have to be spending about $200 a month on all these different streaming services. You know, it's getting to be a little out of control. The beauty of Netflix and like streaming services is meant to be that you wouldn't have to pay the same price as you pay for cable to get mm-hmm. all the different channels. That's bullshit. That is, yeah, is going now. out the window very yep. quickly. Disney's just bought Hulu. They're going to start their own streaming service. It's ridiculous. Oh God, it's out of control. Google's got something, I'm sure. Uh, that Elizabeth Olsen story... Um, was kind of interesting, but more importantly, I just wanted to bring up the whole idea that 
Facebook are making stuff as well. Are you interested in Facebook television shows? Hmm, I don't think I am, simply because I, and I understand they pretty much run the world at the moment, but <laughs> everything about their aesthetic I fucking hate. I'm so, I barely touch Facebook these days, I really do. I use it for Messenger. Yeah, Messenger but is But I'm mostly essential. an Instagram girl, or Twitter now. I'm yeah. Twitter all the way. Yeah. Don't but even... Facebook, it it just seems so, it's bizarre to say, I guess, but it seems, the way it looks, the way it functions feels outdated to me. Oh, I think so. I think that's fair. Yeah. They've just sort of, I remember that it started, I think, really messy and cluttered. Mm-hmm. And then, no, that's not true. Sorry. The, the, the a thing that always bugged me early on was that MySpace, I stuck with MySpace for longer than I should have because I could customise my background yeah. and have music and oh, stuff. Oh, top like, eight, don't mind that. Exactly. <laughs> and waited for Facebook to do stuff like that. And they never did, but everyone mm. sort of gradually moved over. And then the simplici- simplicity became the appeal of it. And now it's so overrun with ads and yeah. bullshit. There's no more poking anymore, but there's other rubbish that's even worse. <laughs> Farm bill, that's been and gone, whatever. But just, I don't want to be there anymore. There's so many ads. The people that are left there, I know, are real downers for me. Mm. Lots of parents on there now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, just not interesting. Yeah, it's like going to a family reunion and you have to behave. So, yeah. like, who cares? Yeah, yeah exactly right. Um, but why do you think things like Facebook and Apple are making TV content? Why do they want to get involved in that space? What's so appealing about that now? Money. There's money to be made in it. Just in a streaming service? Yeah. They just see that, that Netflix are crunching the numbers and mm-hmm. go, mm, yeah. we can do I the I mean, same thing. I feel like net- Netflix was the monolith. Is that the right word? I'm monolith, using? sure. Yeah. Monopoly. They, owned they had it. a monopoly, yeah, in streaming services. And then slowly we've seen, in Australia, you know, we've got Stan now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just, yeah, it's going to get more and more cluttered, I think. Foxtel's got a streaming service now. Yeah, until Disney Amazon. buys them all and it becomes one thing again. <laughs> Apparently that Disney uh, Foxtel might not be happening yet. of life. Copyright Disney. <laughs> uh, another little story here. Quick one. Firefly canon to be expanded with series of original books. David mm. Canfield of Entertainment Weekly reports Titan Books and 20th Century Fox Consumer Products, what a great name for a uh, business, have teamed <laughs> up to publish an original range of new fiction tying into Joss, Joss Whedon's, I'm saying Whedon because I've noticed listening back to our podcast, I'm I know, saying Whedon a fucking lot, uh, beloved but short-lived TV series Firefly. The books will be official titles within the Firefly canon and Whedon serving as consulting director. The first book is due out in fall. Are you interested in a series of Firefly books? In theory, yes. In practice, I don't have time to read, so no. Yeah, that's kind of a problem, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Did you ever get around to reading any of the comic books or anything like that? No, no, I didn't. There are a couple of them if you want to check them out. Yeah, because I, I remember when it comes to Whedon's work, I've read the first season eight Buffy comic. Yeah. And like, that's well, it. Season eight was that first, or the, just the first issue. The first issue. Yeah. Oh, you didn't even make it past the first issue. Well, like, I I just never got around to buying the second one. And then like before I knew it, it was like 17 issues later. I think you know? they're all available as motion comics online. Right. So you can like watch them as a movie, basically. Ooh, that first season. Even that as, actually, good. maybe even as a Blu-ray, I think I've seen somewhere. Oh, nice. So you can even watch them that way if you wanted to. It's, uh, it's, it's okay. There's okay. good there's good arcs and there's bad arcs in that okay. season eight. I never got around to the others. I think it's up to like season twelve or something. Jeez. Doing ridiculously well. Yeah, I don't know. I we talked about like Firefly last season. I'm not I don't know. It's tempting to go back. Mm. But without those actors, without that the visuals that go maybe. It also depends on like how well it's written. That's a big part of yeah. it. Yeah. I'd have to he sees some reviews. One last little story. Stranger Things season three, episode count. Brackets, finally, close brackets, revealed. This is by Michael Oziello at tvline.com. 
This is apparently news. Mm. I just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was hilarious that this actually made an article. Okay. It's eight episodes they're getting, which is one whole episode less than season two, but the exact same amount as season one. Ooh. Ooh. That's, that's the news. That was news. TV news this week. I love it. You couldn't believe yeah, that was a breaking story. breaking stuff. Holy shit. Look at that. Yeah, and season two will be set a year after uh, the, la- the last one. Who would have thought? Amazing. Incredible. There you go. What about you, Damas? Do you have anything for off-topic, hot topic? Look, I don't have any news articles, but I just wanted to bring up some things that I have been watching this week. Ooh, so, number one is I finally saw Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, finally yes. got around. We talked about that several times and I wanted you to see we that. We have. What, what, I'm trying to think of the things I was trying to get you in for. Spoilers on Spider-Man Homecoming. It was to do with, I remember, to do with the baddie. Yes. Um, What'd you think? I mean, I loved the film. I really enjoyed myself. Yep. Um, and I haven't liked any of the previous Spider-Man Spider- movies. This is, your, oh, this is the first Spider-Man film you liked. Yes. And you yeah. more than liked it. You thought it was really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, awesome. It was Yeah, it was super fun. Sure. I mean, it made me slightly uncomfortable that the baddie was a working class dude just trying to make ends meet against billion dollar corporations and the government. But 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 isn't that kind of the point? Like, I can easily sympathise with that guy. Yeah. Like that's why I like yeah. about the villain is I like, look at you and go, yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah, but also like, what's the message of the movie? Don't don't kill people he kills people yes yes agreed <laughs> like that's a bad like you're a bad but guy I think, he threatens like, a teenager it's a weird mixed message there but other than that i loved it i thought it was yeah a lot of fun i think yeah yeah what what about the there's a moment in the film where it's sort of something like all of a sudden happens there's a little twist in the story did that moment get you did you see it coming and did it work i on did you? not see it. you know you know me i don't see anything coming i oh. didn't see it coming and i was like oh that raises the stakes i didn't see Love it coming it. and no one in my theater did yeah and it was amazing to hear just the, the reaction the, the whole audience just go <laughs> like it was already quiet because mm. australian cinemas don't tend to be dickheads like in other places um but not always anyway <laughs> But that would somehow got quieter. I don't know how, but everyone's <laughs> breath was just like. I think that's everyone's like anus, like <laughs> yeah, retracting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. sucks the yeah. air Nothing's out of the room. Nothing's coming somehow. out at that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was. I couldn't. I was so into like how good that mm. moment was and how well set up it is. They just get you to a point of complete comfort and then go bang. And yeah, it's like, that's great. Fuck, that's awesome. Did I ever tell you about the time that I told a woman off in the cinema because she had her phone on during Wonder Woman? Yes, you did. So rude. We, in fact, did a whole... We d- had this discussion on air because oh, we both told stories about this. <laughs> yeah. Rude. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right. So, that's one thing I watched but this But you week. really liked it. You really yeah, liked I really liked it. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. And now it's time for me to catch up even more and watch Thor Ragnarok because I yes. still haven't watched that. Yes, yes, yes. So, I tried to find a copy, but it's not on Australian iTunes. So, I'm going to have to, I guess, wait no, a little bit. No, I don't think it's... Uh, it's not on Australian iTunes. Mm-mm. Really? Because that's what I got Spider-Man Homecoming off. And then I was like... because. Oh, I finished it and I was like, oh, now I want to watch Thor. And it wasn't available either. So Fuck, that's yeah. weird. Okay, there you mm. go. Um, and so the other thing I've been watching is RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 3. Now, I know Broad hasn't watched any of this. Not a single <laughs> joss. And for those of you out there as well who haven't watched any season of RuPaul, I feel sorry for you. But this season is absolutely incredible. So. It's an all-star season, so it takes queens from previous seasons and they have to battle it out up against each other. 
And in the latest episode, they did like a Bachelor-type parody and it was everything. It was so, so good. This season has been out of control amazing. The talent is unlike, I think, any other All-Star season previously. It's just, if you know what, if you haven't watched any RuPaul, just watch it. It's such a good reality should show. Should I just jump in on this season or should I go somewhere else? Or, cause we talked about this before, the idea of actually doing an epi- a season on here because I've not yeah, watched a season one. I would one. watch season four, five, six. <laughs> That's only a light oh, time no, commitment. No, three, four, five. <laughs> no, four, five, six. <laughs> I'll, I'll choose my... Um... Give me one. Give me one season, please. Just one. Not right now. Come back to me. Uh, the we'll season with Bianca, we'll definitely do it with the show. Season with my one of my favorite queens of all time, Bianca Del Rio. I can't remember if it's four or five, but I'll find out and I'll tell you. Maybe we don't even do. We don't have to do a whole episode about a season of RuPaul if we don't want to. You can just assign one to me. And I can watch it over a few weeks and then we I can talk about that. an off-topic hot topic yeah. if you want. Yeah, I think so. That could be fun. All right. So another thing I've been watching. I don't know how I have time to watch all these things in between fucking Discovery, but I also wa- I know how. Because Discovery only had six episodes this, season, this half true. season. That's That's a good point. Um, I've also, I think, watched the first three, maybe, f- I think, four episodes of American Crime Story, The Assassination of Gianni Versace. Mm. And I've been really enjoying it because I've watched four episodes. But I will say that the last couple of episodes, particularly the last one, so episode four, mm. was so spectacularly violent. Oh, really? That it was hard to watch. Oh, Okay. But it's great. Like it's so it's a Ryan Murphy thing, so it's very dramatic, very mm-hmm. kind of over the top, which I love. Like I love that kind of excessive drama. But the violence shit. Like and that's a reason I could never truly commit to American horror story because mm. it was so terrifying to me. I've not seen much American horror story. Mm. I saw um my girlfriend Stephanie was watching the whatever the Carnival one was the one with the like sideshow circus. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And like that wasn't too. Called freak show, maybe. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. it wasn't too bad. I was yeah, like, that one was I, I okay. Did, it didn't yeah. grab me, but that the... one and the witch one were tolerable for me. I was like, I, I think I can get through these ones. And then the very next one, I think, was the hotel one. And I yeah. started watching that. And I got like we watched like an episode or two. And I was like, I just am not enjoying this. It's mm-hmm. just so ridiculously yeah, gross. Right. I was just like. Nah, it's not doing anything for me. Yeah. Except making me want to not watch it. <laughs> yeah, but but American Crime Story for this Gianni Versace one they're doing, I haven't had that reaction to any of the episodes except for episode four. And then I was like, eh, it's too much. Right. So I'm hoping next week they go back to this kind of crime drama thing that they were doing beforehand. So that's good. I recommend people watch that, uh, particularly because I think in the future we might be doing that for the for the podcast. I think there's a good chance it'll happen. Yeah. Uh, another thing I've been watching, and I think you've been watching as well, Yes, is Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Just today, just by mm. happenstance, I came home, I've got to get long lunch breaks at work, and my girlfriend was home sick, and so she was was watching the new Queer Eye. I'd heard good, just general reactions on Twitter, mm. where, where generally the, the reaction was, oh, I, Queer Eye made me cry three times <laughs> each episode. And like, <laughs> I was like, okay, and just people gushing over it. And so mm. she was watching. She was like, "Oh, I'm going to sit down and watch this as well." What did you think of it? First of all, you're the you brought it up. Well, because I had no intention of watching it. Because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, I'm old enough that I had watched the original back in the day when I was in high school, and it was fun. It was a gr- huge phenomenon when it was 
out, mm-hmm. um, but I just didn't really see the need to kind of rehash that or, or revisit that at all. When it suddenly showed up that mm. Netflix had done it, I was like, why? Yeah, it, it, why was the question. Yeah. But then I got all these messages from, I am friends with a lot of gay men. Um, that's just my gay community. And... A lot of them were sending me messages being like, you have to watch New Queer Eye. It's amazing. You have to watch it. So I was like, okay, I'll sit down and watch it. So when I have to work, I sat down and watched it. And I watched the first episode. And I think maybe the first 20 minutes, I was like, no, I'm not really feeling it. It's just like five guys who were all loud and obnoxious saying kind of rude things. And I was like, mm, no, I'm not feeling it. And then I can't remember his name, but the guy, I think he does grooming. He's got the long hair and yep, the beard. Yep. Does he have a, No, he doesn't have a beard. Yeah, he's got sort of stubble. Oh, stubble, yeah. Yep. Um, and I find him hilarious. Such he, a... Oh, yeah, he, he, he tickles my fancy. At first, I mm-hmm. was a little bit like, of all the five of them, he mm-hmm. was the one that was such high energy. I was like, oh, I'm... I don't know. He might be grading on he me. He comes off, off as off-putting, and but then then there's there's a I don't know there was something else there. I was like, nah, you're awesome too. Yeah, his his timing is impeccable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that got me in this the the sense of humor it had. I was like, oh, okay, I can, I can at least laugh at this, even though I'm not emotionally affected by it. And then the end of the first episode. Yeah. It was so beautiful. I mean, the the straight guy was such a lovely man and his his family loved him so much. And just seeing someone who had incredibly low self-esteem, like, find value in themselves. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's getting me. So, I I mean, I've only watched the first episode, but I'm more than happy to continue watching. So, I walked in basically at the scene you're talking Mm, about at the end of episode one and then sat down and watched all of episode two while I was having lunch and... 80%, 85% 80%, 85% of episode three. So I've sort of seen, yeah, about two episodes worth. And um, it was awesome. It was mm-hmm. really, really good. Yeah. Um, I think every episode has been as good as the last, basically. And they're, the people they're choosing mm. are really, I think they're well, really well chosen people yeah. to choose that just, I don't know, it, it, they've all been really revealing and interesting. And the guy, I think the, the all five guys are really good. Yeah. I like all of them. They're mm. all really entertaining and. Um, I, I think the whole thing's just really feel good fun and and quite touching at times. Yeah, it's it's also been interesting watching it this time because when I watched it previously back in high school, I didn't realize I was a gay person. Right. So it's been interesting, like now that this thing's happening in two thousand and eighteen, and I was like, oh, I'm a part of this community, and watching it with like new eyes, I was like, oh, this is actually a really lovely thing to have. Yeah, it, yeah. it is. And I didn't really watch the original series, so I can't compare it to that. Mm. But I think you were saying it's different tonally, very different from. Yeah, I mean, the original Queer Eye is of the time. It's like reality TV when it was starting. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, while they did have those touching moments, a lot of moments really where you know guys with low self-esteem or low self-worth, yeah. you know, were given this new lease on life. It's it's the same kind of thing in that way. Mm-hmm. But I think the nuance is is was probably missing. But I could be wrong because I haven't watched it in 10, sure. 15 years. Yeah. I think that that'd be the general feeling I'd get from mm. it too. It's um Yeah, it is a bit he's a bit more nuanced. I think that it's funny because we're at a stage now where reality TV is such a known quantity mm-hmm. and that it doesn't it's like it's obviously got some facade, but it's also not trying to pretend it's anything more than it is. It yeah. just, I don't know, it's just effectively done. It's I think it, un- like, reality, the people who are making good reality TV now understand what reality 
TV can and can't do. Right. I think and they that's right. do what it can do really well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I think that's yeah, it's really interesting. I haven't watched. I barely watch reality TV show at all. I watch it a lot. Yeah. I love it. So you're an expert I love the good stuff. And I love the trashy stuff, but for like ironic reasons, and that's kind of juicy and high camp stuff. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Well, I think that's it for off topic, off topic, hot topic. Let's get straight into our season in review. Ooh. Let me clue you in. Season in review. Some facts and figures for you. Star Trek Discovery Season 1 Part 2 warps right back to where things left off before the mid-season break, with the Discovery lost in an unknown location after an apparent mycelium network jump gone wrong. The core cast returns for the back half of the season with virtually no new face to speak of. Season 1 Part 2 consists of six episodes, each coming in at around 45 minutes and took us approximately four hours and 30 minutes to watch. Star Trek Discovery has been renewed for a second season, as expected to have a run of about 15 episodes, hopefully premiering in early 2019. Mm-hmm. So let's get into uh, some spoiler-free thoughts. Mm-hmm. Damask, you can go first on this one. What did you think, without uh, getting into spoilers at all, of this second half of season one of Star Trek Discovery? Yeah, so part two has a sense of adventure that I did not have previously with part one at all. I mean, part one for me was such a slog to get through. Yeah. Um, but we're just immediately thrust into a new situation that has so many possibilities. Like we're dealing with themes that are juicy to me and that can be demonstrated in those new circumstances. But but I think the prospect of exploring those themes is juicier than what we actually get. And also, everything seems to pass us very quickly and it's hard to hold on to anything. As in the pace is just like bam, 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 bam. bam, bam, bam. bam. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I think I agree with you 100% on this mm-hmm. one. So, this is not going to be a very long spoiler-free section. No, it's not. Because <laughs> the moment we start talking about the plot, it's a massive spoiler. Yeah. I don't think every season of television is like this. I think you can set things up. But based off the cliffhanger and like the what's going on just immediately, yeah. if you're interested, if you really don't want to be spoiled, I'd suggest yeah. just going and watching I it. I mean, the fact that this is part two of part really two of one season. season. Yeah, yeah, doesn't help. But I'll, I'll say this much. Plot-wise, it is a big deviation from the first half of the season, um, which is I liked. And I liked that it was still able to follow through with its themes, though. The things that started in the first mm-hmm. half of the season, yes, it was true. able to continue with, even though the plot deviated a lot. And I love the big ideas. I agree with you. When we do get to that sort of the start of this season and we realize what's happening, Mm. it's such a bold, fun, interesting and like surprising thing. And there's lots of ideas in there that are just the same thing. Bold, fun, interesting, surprising. But, and I also (laughs) had a but, I think it's just there's too much. Mm. There's too much going on Mm -hmm. at too fast a rate. Yep. For the character work to keep up with the ideas. Agree a hundred percent. So with that. like lots lots of stuff happens. There yeah. are lots of like big reveals and mm. things like that. Like I, I've got a list that we'll get to in the spoiler section. But there is not enough time for the characters to absorb or do anything mm-hmm. with it that's any that's effective. The stuff that happens just feels like a bunch of stuff happening, but then it means almost nothing really. Mm-hmm. It, it, it if it's it means anything, it's stated and yeah. never explored mm-hmm. or allowed to just be. Exactly. I think if like a huge event happens, but that event isn't anchored by the effects it has on character, then that's not a story. That's just retelling like history. You know what I mean? Or just yeah. telling facts. That's that's the thing. You're just yeah. telling me like 
and then this happened, and then this happened. Or what that character means to that character. Great, Mm -hmm. but show me that. Like, don't just tell me that. That doesn't Mm. mean very much. Um, And worst of all, I think as well, some of the things that do happen that, yes, are fun ideas also just go like, but that you didn't earn that. I don't Mm -hmm. understand that. It's forced and weird. (laughs) And I don't want to be a total negative Nancy because I think the show is certainly entertaining to a degree. Um, there are, especially early on in this half of the season, there's some, in the first couple of episodes in particular, there was stuff I'm going, this is really fun at the very least. Mm-hmm. And there's some fun ideas in there. And, but it just, it does lose its way really quickly. And I honestly just feel like this was like six to eight episodes were missing or a whole season. Like, yeah. I feel like. Every, we complained there wasn't enough character work done the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if you could have just like extended that storyline over this sort of amount, total amount of episodes of like 16 episodes or whatever it is, 15 episodes, whatever it is. Maybe added a few more away missions in there and then done some more character work like the stuff where they went to Parvo in the first season, yeah. right? Yeah. And then ended season one on this cliffhanger and done a whole season raced, based around what they do in Four episodes. <laughs> Four episodes yeah. devoted to an amazing concept. Yeah. And that's gone and we return to an old storyline for two episodes. And I just wanted to like, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all I can say without getting to spoilers. Yep. Is there anything you want to add before we move on? No, I think that's perfect. All right. Well, um, apologies to anyone who is looking for a spoiler-free, a spoiler-free thoughts. It's just impossible to talk about without talking plot. So we'll just give our final score and rankings. What are you scoring this out of five Damask? So, I in doing research for this, I read a whole bunch of articles, uh, one of which I, I really connected with, written by Mallory Ortberg, who wrote the Vulture recaps. Mm-hmm. And she, at the end of one of her recaps, she wrote this, quote, I have no star awarding strategy, no grand plan in mind, no control episode against which I measure all others, no way of comparing a great episode of a middling show against a middling episode of a great show. (laughs) Every week it is the last thing I do before filling my recap. And every week it catches me off guard and fills me with panic. If you were to try to find some sort of organisational connection between how many stars I gave an episode one week against the next, you would go absolutely mad, like event horizon level mad, because there's no there there. I just don't know, okay? And I just want to um, <laughs> say that's exactly how I tackle this rating system as well. Are you asking to, can we just ditch the rating system <laughs> No, totally? no, I'm saying keep it. I'm just saying like it's, it doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Yeah, totally. Um, so I wanted to give part two of Discovery 2.5. Yeah, which but, is what you gave part yes, one. But since I gave part one a 2.5, <laughs> I can't give it that. Um, so I have to give it a three. It's a low three. Oh, so you enjoy you did enjoy this more. I than, enjoyed it more than okay. part one. Um, that's not to say it's a better season than part one, but I definitely enjoyed it more. Um, it certainly has a lot of the same flaws that were my main issues with the first part of this season, but I wasn't as bored this time, mm-hmm. so that's why it's gone up a notch. Yeah, what about you? Um, I, I, just to give the stars some con- context, I've been thinking about this as well. I've been mm. struggling with the fact that I gave this why season one a four and I'm starting to feel like maybe that should have been a 4.5 and I'm struggling that I gave the good play season one a three and maybe that should have been yeah. a 3.5. Like maybe I was a little bit harsh on those and I've, I'm 
trying to give context to our stars. And there's a a gaming podcast slash website that I really like called Easy Allies who do a five-star rating system as well. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they do is they give the one, two, three, four, and five stars uh, a word that goes with it to help establish what that means to them. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to steal that wholesale for a second just to give Thanks this- Thanks for passing on the knowledge, by the way. The what do you mean, sir? Why don't you tell me that? Oh, sorry, I only just came up with this idea. Yeah, right, whatever. Sorry. Well, you can you can tell me if you if you agree with this. But the way they do it, five stars means masterful. Mm-hmm. Four stars, which is good. I like that because it doesn't mean perfect. It yeah. just means it's like there's not without flaws, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. Four stars means excellent. Three stars means decent. Two stars means inferior, and one and a half stars means terrible. Right. Yeah. So I look at that and it makes me wonder about my previous ratings as well. And like I can start to see where three stars mean decent for the good mm. place. I don't think it's excellent necessarily, but I definitely think it should mean somewhere in between. Yep. So three and a half stars starts to make more sense. Yeah. I think The Wire season one is probably a little bit better than excellent, but not quite masterful. So maybe that should have been four point five. Yeah. Right. So I, I sort That's of probably a good way to think. I about want it. to. Uh, yeah. I, I think that it does help just to give them some context. I sort of want to retroactively fix those reviews, mm. but also helps me to give this half a season a better uh, a better context because I do think three stars is about right. Yeah, because I agree with you. It was more entertaining probably overall, mm-hmm. but it's nowhere near excellent. No, it's I don't know if it's inferior. So I think decent, like just a straight up middling, yeah. is pretty good for this. Mm-hmm. It's just frustrating that they they I think there's such great stuff here. So mm. much potential. And potential's yeah. a word that's gonna come up later. They couldn't go out there. So I'm gonna give it three stars. I had to do that because I wanted to give it three stars, but the good place is three stars and it's not as good it's, <laughs> the good place is way better than this. So So you're anyway. giving it two. So I'm giving you this the three. Oh, you're giving it a three. I'm giving okay. it a three and the I'm retroactively changing right. the good place to three point five. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Should our listeners wait and watch? Or listen to the podcast and leave the show behind. Don't worry about listening. I think it. if you've watched part one already, you might as well watch part two. But if you haven't watched any of it, who cares? I uh, I agree. Yeah. It's exactly <laughs> the same thing. If you've watched part one, uh, then you probably should just watch these six episodes, I think. You've come far enough. Mm. Or if you're just a Trek fan who for some reason hasn't watched part one so far, then it's definitely enough if you're a Trek fan already to at least be curious, unless you've probably watched anyway. Mm. If not... Nah, don't worry about it. Oh, I don't think so. I, yeah. I think feel free to listen to us. I don't think I would recommend this to anyone. Yeah, I'm struggling to figure out who I would recommend it to as well. It's I can't not, imagine anyone that I know that wouldn't really enjoy it. It, Yeah, like um, it, it's, there's some good sci-fi concepts in here that are wasted. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. It's like, yeah, there's some good ideas, but like I can come up with some fun sci-fi ideas and do nothing with it. It doesn't make it a good story yeah. or good, worth investing in. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. With that, <laughs> let's cross the threshold into mm. the spoiler zone. Ooh. You're now entering the spoiler zone. Spoiler warning, on this episode we will be discussing everything that happens in the complete season one of Star Trek Discovery. Before listening, we recommend watching all of Discovery up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Kids, I'm going to tell you an incredible story. Story time with Damask. Forget Spock. Forget Picard. Forget Yahura. Forget Seven of Nine. Forget all those that came before. Because now we have the charismatic and unforgettable crew of Discovery! We must ask ourselves, where have they ended up? Oh dear, it's the evil mirror universe. Except there is only one goatee, so I think we can all acknowledge our collective disappointment. Poor Stamets has worn out his big brain, so the gang can't utilise the spore drive, which still totally makes sense to me, and I get it and am very smart, thank you. Turns out this universe is run by the Terran Empire, led by a mysterious emperor. Spoiler alert, we're going to be dealing with some mummy issues later on. Heads up, Michael. In order to fit into this whole new world, everyone gets to wear their sexy Halloween costumes. We've got eye patches, we've got thigh daggers, we've got fishnet stockings, and a whole lot of eyeliner. Nice. Turns out Michael was the captain of the ISS Shenzo until she was presumed dead battling the mirror version of Lorca, who was a rebel. In order to get the info they need to travel back home without a working spore drive, they must assume the roles of their evil counterparts. Michael boards the Shenzo, claiming to have captured the rebel Lorca. She takes Tyler along for the ride for some eye candy. And I guess he's her tether, but who cares about that because it's definitely not true. Anyway, Lorca gets super tortured in the same tube that Mr Freeze keeps his wife in. Meanwhile, the only way to get respect in this universe is to do the old stabby-stabby to someone's neck if they give you any side-eye. So that's just what Michael does, and everyone is like, Whoa, you're so cool. I totally love your disregard for human life. But the fun doesn't stop there. The Terran Empire have discovered the location of a rebel base, and the Emperor has given the order to destroy it. But Michael is all, nope, we're not going to do that. I'm going to sneak onto the planet with my hunk of man meat by my side, get info on where all of their bases are, and then I'll stabby-stabby them. Everyone's blown away by her badassery. Little do they know that their captain is actually an imposter. Michael plans to head down to the planet to warn the rebels and hopefully get some insight into how the Klingons, Vulcans, Andorians, and a bunch of other races have joined together. When Michael and Man meet land, they are quickly captured and meet up with the goatee-clad Sarek and the Klingon leader Vok. They're having a great little convo until Man meat takes his, um, Man meat out of his pants and starts waving it around. Vok is insulted, mostly because his Man meat looks very similar. Could it be? OMG, they're the same person. Dun dun dun! Michael doesn't realise this yet though and tells everyone to cool it. Michael and her supposed tether beam back aboard the Shenzo just in time to watch the rebels be blown to smithereens. The Emperor's turned up and she's not happy. That's right, it's a she. And it's a she with a history with Michael. 
Welcome back, Giorgio. It's kind of good to see you. And what I mean by that is that I love Michelle Yeoh's face and acting ability, but this emperor is very mean and scary. Here comes those mummy issues I mentioned earlier, Michael. I hope you're ready to deal with them. I also hope you're ready to deal with eating some kelpian flesh because that is what happens and it is very upsetting and disturbing, but it also looks kind of yum, so I don't know, I'm conflicted. Back on Discovery, Stamets has woken up from his acid nap. There he discovered the trapped mirror version of himself who explained that the mycelial network has been corrupted, which is very bad news for reasons that I am unable to comprehend because I am stupid. It is also very sad because when Stamets eventually wakes up, he has to deal with the death of his husband, which is just a little too much to deal with. Thanks, man, mate. Jack. While Michael and Giorgio are chowing down on some Kelpian calamari, they start talking about Lorca and how he was a father figure, and they casually bring up that he groomed her like a sexual predator in order for them to overthrow the Emperor. It's very gross. But during this little chat, everyone comes together and Michael realises that Lorca, the one she has come to know, is in fact the Mirror Universe Lorca. Dun dun dun! Again. Lorca is able to free himself from his tube of terror and gets to his loyalists. A coup begins and they all shoot at each other with bullets made of light. Which seems strange in a universe where light is a bit of an issue. But whatever, that's, that's fine, let's move on. So Giorgio and Michael are all like pew 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 and then evil Lorca is like pew 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 back. Giorgio kills Lorca and like the wise sage Dido says, she is willing to go down with the ship. But Michael isn't ready to lose another mum and beams her aboard the Discovery, just in time to travel back to their correct universe. But a whoopsie has occurred. It seems they've gone back nine months into the future. And this future is bleak. Starfleet is on the verge of total collapse after being outmatched by the cloaked ships of the Klingons. Everyone is super desperate. Cornwell and Sarek join the crew and find out about the Mirror Universe and the evil Giorgio. They all decide to go back to Starbase 1 to catch their breath, but when they arrive home, they collectively shit their dax when they find it totally destroyed and run by Klingons. Time to scream and hide, everyone. All is lost! But Giorgio has an idea. What if they go to the Klingon homeworld and drop a bomb into a volcano to fuck their shit up? Michael, Tilly, Tyler and the Emperor snap up a great little all-inclusive vacation package to Konos, including a free rendezvous with some intergalactic sex workers and a trippy volcano vapour. It's a real hoot. That is until the gang start to realise that committing genocide is probably not as on-brand for Starfleet as they originally thought. Michael convinces her commanders that they should call it quits on the idea, and they give the detonator to Laurel. They ask her to use this power in order to unite the Klingon race and to convince them to chill out when it comes to the complete destruction of Starfleet. And she agrees. Giorgio leaves because she doesn't have time for that sappy shit. Goodbye. It was nice to see you again. And Michael, Starfleet and the writers finally concede that maybe a show called Star Trek should at least aim for the ideals the franchise is known for. And I am all about it. Yeah. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. All right. 
I think we should start. I know you just gave us a huge, long uh, retelling of the story. I'm so tired. You're so sorry. I'm, no. uh, it was huge. You did a great job, though. But let's just, honestly, let's just go through some of these plot points as they happen. Yeah, can we? Because I've got no idea what happened. All right, all right, and I just it. read a synopsis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wrote and read a synopsis, and somehow you don't know what's going on. Mm. Okay, let's start the first one. The big first one. The Discovery is trapped in the mirror universe. <gasps> Holy shit. Oh, my God. Yes. It's it, happening. It's what we hoped for. I'm not even a like Star Trek fan, but the idea of parallel universes and like so alternate cool. versions of yourself is great. There is another show that I love where that happens, where it's done really well. I'm not going to say what it is because it's kind of a spoiler if you don't know, mm-hmm. but it's it can be really fascinating stuff to see Um, and really can be fun for twists and all sorts of things. And like the potential that comes from that is fantastic. It's so Mm -hmm. exciting. That's because I remember when we were watching the first few episodes and I think we were, we were texting and you asked me how I was going with it. And I was just like, I'm enjoying it so much more because I was re-energized by the possibilities that the mirror universe would bring. Yeah, you know, and that was, we all know where that went. But well that, uh, but I was really energized and excited by it. I think some good stuff comes out of it, though. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's totally. just fun to be doing things like, um, you know, seeing the Terran Empire and mm. what that sort of looks like, how it functions, you know, as a mirror version of the Federation, even just their upside down logo of the version of the uh, Starfleet logo and mm-hmm. like their leather uniforms and their weird and like and Tilly being like a badass, Killy. hilarious. Killy was fun. Yeah. Killy was really fun. Like when that happened, I think that, that's episode. That's the first episode back, mm. and I was like, okay, it's it's kind of silly, but it's also a really fun thing for her to yes. do. And I haven't given Tilly that much to do at this stage, mm-hmm. so I was, I was enjoying that. I'm glad that she didn't have to do it the entire season. Like mm. they didn't make her keep going with that, but um, but that was a really fun little moment. Yeah, and just sort of pulled you into the high stakes drama of what if we get found out and we have to pretend to be other people. That's kind of cool. So many, so much potential there. And just, like, so much potential, you could fill up a season with it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Meanwhile, we find out that Stamets, we're worried he was dying, at the, I think, at the end of the last season. What mm-hmm. was happening to him? He's in a coma, basically. Yes. Um, and his husband, who's Colber, is... Colber is going to is going to try and revive him, basically, with the help of Tilly. That's their plan. Um Tyler is Vok. We find that out pretty. He is. Which we, which I think when I mentioned that theory to you, you predicted it. Yeah, predicted, and the internet all right. came up with it. Like I, I read some things, and people right. were like, "Pretty sure this is going to happen." I'm like, "Yeah, that makes sense." <laughs> um, but that that occurred, and again, you see the potential in that. The idea of this, well, it's a isn't it a fun concept when someone that that everybody trusts is all mm-hmm. of a sudden a sleeper agent. Yeah. That's a I cool mean, concept. What could happen there? The, uh, but not only that, like beyond this big reveal that Tyler is Vok and, you know, he's probably like a sleeper agent yep. or, and all that that comes with that. Just like the idea of like exploring the loss of identity through war is fascinating, but we never really get in there. Well, I was going to ask next. Some of these things I'm going to come back to, but this one let's just let's just talk about Tyler as Vok for a second. Mm. What do they do with that? They kill Colba, mm-hmm. kills Colba. Yeah. They he goes over with Michael to the Shinzo, and like then tries to murder her. Mm-hmm. Um, then he is executed, but is actually sent back to Discovery, and he's tied down, and they delete Vok out of him. 
And like after that, he's kind of just a human being that used to once be. He's got the memories of Vok, which is helpful when they need some Klingon intel. But like that lasted two episodes, three episodes yeah. of him actually. And like the first one of that, he didn't even know he was Vok. Mm-hmm. Like he was starting to do some weird shit, but he didn't know why. Yeah, there I wasn't mean, enough time to do anything with it. We we see him being obviously confused, but like mm-hmm. so much else is happening that we never crack who he is, like who Tyler is. Yeah, how, why the fact that these memories exist within him confuse who his like confuse his very identity yep. and the effect that would have on a person. If I knew the character of Tyler before all this, before yeah. this big reveal, then the tragedy of that lost, not only lost identity, but also the future that he had imagined for himself is completely gone as well. Yeah, yeah. Like that should be some really heavy, hard hitting character work. And we don't get it. Well, we get moments with, Michael, you know, after he has tried to kill her and he doesn't know what to do. But God, if I only had moments before the actual event to have some sort of affection or at least understanding of him, maybe those scenes would have meant more to me. I'm not sure, but yeah, it didn't work for me at all. I think it works the opposite way too. What about Vok, right? Vok Mm. has... Giving himself up to this experiment, this mm-hmm. I, this idea they're going to infiltrate, infiltrate Federation, uh, the Federation with a Klingon who's being made to look human, mm-hmm. and we never get him to really come out, yeah. and like deal with being a human. He never gets a chance. Like we only really see that mean him to- like try and fight people. Really. He just fights people. Yeah. He just fights people and says some stuff in Klingon, but he never really like. Where's the scene with him talking to Lorel about what's happened to him, about how he feels about having this human inside him, about mm. of being inside this human being, of like yeah. any of this stuff? It just doesn't happen. Vok is not a mm-hmm. character anymore. He's yeah. just being turned into Tyler now, and yeah. I also <sighs> don't understand Vox's motivation, particularly when we have moments where he's just attacking people. I'm like, shouldn't you be a little bit more under the radar? Like, I get that you're a Klingon yeah, and you absolutely. have rage issues, but why are you just like, as soon as your consciousness comes to the surface, you just start trying to strangle people or like snapping people's necks? It's like, that seems like a really bad strategy. Well, I can sort of see the idea that Tyler just suddenly gets like the Klingon, whatever, some of his emotions in him and he, he lashes out in, in mm. areas of crisis. But it's like what you needed was that moment. You just need a moment of Vok clarity. Tyler gets pushed to the back. Mm-hmm. Vok comes out and then he's in control. He can pretend to be Tyler. Yeah. He can, you know. How exciting is that idea though? Having two characters played by one actor yes. and watching them kind of be in the same space but never interacting with each other and only interacting with those around them and getting to know you mean both like of them. Gollum or yes. Angel and Angelus, who they've done this stuff. I think like, more Gollum's more of an impressive example. But maybe yeah. impressive, but I like yeah. it's I think it's a similar thing to see mm. like Angelus will talk about Angel and Angel will talk about Angelus yeah. and they'll never meet face to face because they can't. Mm. But they have opinions on each other. Yes. And they struggle with what one does to the other person. And mm-hmm. they're like and that's theoretically that what's interesting about Angel and Angelus is they are the same person, just kind of one's got a soul and one doesn't. And when that they mm-hmm. switch those over, um, it changes who he is. But they talk about each other. There are, there are ways of doing that. We've seen it. And they never get to that point ever mm-hmm. with Vok. And then before you know it, he's deleted out of Tyler and he's just Such gone. Such a shame. It's like, why did we even bother? Why was the whole idea of 
like the well, I think when they came up with the idea of making Vok Tyler was maybe a cool thought, mm-hmm. and they just like I don't really want to go with this. Bye. Just ejected into space. That yeah. whole concept it sucks because Tyler could have become a cool yeah. character, and then I'm, he's just nothing. At the I end. mean, do we think that in the future, because Tyler walks off into the sunset or whatever with Laurel, with Laurel, that Vok is still somehow in there and that we might get to that point? I don't know if I care at this point. Yeah, it would have okay. been better if people before people knew that Tyler was freaking a Vulcan the whole time. Mm. Isn't that the fun of it? When this Vulcan is coming to grips with being a human, when, mm-hmm. as it's happening, when when he's trying to pass as human, when he's trying to do his mission, yeah, it's too late. <laughs> if yeah. it ever happens, if it starts to be suspicious... But I'm talking more of like goes, character mm. exploration of like diving into the dynamic of only having one vessel for two beings. I'm just, I'm not convinced. I mean, I, I do feel like Tyler's going to come back into the show. I mean, I don't trust the writers to be able to do it, but maybe. I don't know. I, I would love to see it if they can pull it off. Mm. I'm not convinced they can pull it off. Back to Tyler killing Culber. Oh, shit. Culber dies. Mm, R.I.P. Poor Stamets. His husband's gone. What do they do with it? Nothing. Stamets is in a coma in the Mycelium Network. He meets his... His mirror universe self, who mm. doesn't seem all that different from him, except he did some dangerous experiments. Neither of them, like, they're just kind of working together to get out of there. He sees a ghostly image of Kolbo who tells him to open his eyes, and that wakes Stamets up from his coma. Magic. And then I, there is one scene. I mean, the scene, the scene with Ghost Kolbo isn't a bad one, but it's not him dealing with the reality of that whole yeah. event. And there's one scene between... Stamets and Tyler in a hallway that is nothing and it's like your fucking husband has been murdered the love of your life and we do nothing with this it is just dropped and Stamets just does the work that needs to be done and yes Colby gets a medal in memoriam at the end but post-mortem or whatever you want to call it but that is it it really (laughs) bothers me I mean there's a lot that bothers me about that but the fact that, okay, so Tyler had Vok in him, so therefore I guess he's not responsible for the death of Kolba. That's, That's his name, right? Yeah. Right. But also, to re- in order to remove Vok, they have Laurel do the surgery, mm-hmm. blah, blah, whatever. So, but, like, you, you'll never know if one day that whatever is in him is going to come out. Because they don't really understand the procedure. They don't really understand oh, what they, happened. They're totally guessing the entire time about what's going on. They, in fact, the and way it, they explain it, the whole operation ugh, to begin with, of how Vok became Tyler, is retold three or four times. And every time I'm more confused. Every single My time. My notes about it are just like, what the f- This is nonsense, right? We're all agreeing this is nonsense? It is nonsense. The idea, like, okay, if you want to shorten his bones and limbs mm. to making human proportions. I kind of get that much. Then when you're infusing the human DNA into him, I'm like, okay. And then you're putting this traumatized, you have recreated someone's consciousness that was a real person, but not taking their consciousness, just recreating it on top of Vox consciousness. And like, then they pass as human. And I'm like, I don't really understand. I don't understand why is this easier than putting Vox consciousness into a, person that already exists as, yeah. as a physical body i don't know <laughs> yeah but like so like back back to my point which was like even say 
I guess it's almost like an insanity def- defense. I, yeah, yeah. Even if that's the case, you still put them away because they're a danger to everyone else Absolutely. around them. So the fact that Tyler is even allowed to walk around the halls to have a moment with Stamets is absurd and Stamets should have kicked him in the fucking dick <laughs> and went right to the captain and be like, what the fuck is this? How dare you put him in the goddamn brig? Isn't that, uh, isn't that the line? Is it Saru that's like, um, he like takes his thing, but it's like, I'm not going to take your freedom. It's like, maybe, maybe you maybe should, you should yeah. while you try and figure out what's going on. Maybe mm-hmm. you should just for the time being. Just put being. him in a room and sure, you know, you feel bad, give him a therapist. I don't know, but just maybe quarantine him from the rest of the crew because yeah. he's killed one of them. Yeah, I think so. And then there's that scene, which is quite interesting with... Um, I actually quite like this scene where Tyler's sort of everyone's like glancing at him and he's mm. you know goes to the mess hall and he's trying to just have some food and then Tilly's the first one to go over and like sit with him. Yeah. And I kind of liked that moment, but I liked it more for Tilly than I did for Tyler. Mm. Like Tilly is the sweetheart who will forgive and allow these people to move on past this mm-hmm. trauma and and that's nice for Tilly. I just don't believe that Tyler really deserves yeah. that sort of You know what I hate at this stage? Yes. Absolutely hate and yeah. I think it's really weird that they did this. Yeah. The scene with Tilly and Michael about Tyler. When Tilly is like guilting and shaming Michael to go and forgive Tyler and make oh, Tyler yeah, feel yeah. better about the situation. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, your your friend Michael has been viciously assaulted. Yes. He has attempted to kill her. She's dealing with that. Yeah. At what point do you pile on and be like you should really forgive him because, like, it wasn't really his fault. It's like, no, no, that's not the issue, though, whether it's his fault or not. The point is she's had this experience that is traumatising. Back the fuck off. That's the thing especially. It's like if Vox consciousness had been put into Tyler's body, right, I still think it'd be too early to say that, but at least there's some idea that this is Tyler Mm. first, right? The fact that they've just created a person's consciousness on top of the existing Vulcan consciousness Mm. out of wholesale, out of the air. I don't even know how the science of that works. It's like, who the fuck even is Tyler? (laughs) Tyler's an artificial person. He's not real. That's not... What, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's, I find that really hard to swallow as well. I hated it. Oh, okay. So, Mira Michael is presumed dead in the Mira universe mm-hmm. um, because he, she tried to kill Mira... No, Lor- Lorca... No, yeah, that's right. She went to try and kill Mira Lorca, right? Because Mira, Mira Lorca was um, the, the... What do you call it? The marauder or the... the anyway, trying to do bad things. And he was, like, trying to mutineer, take over. Mutiny. Thank yeah. you. And so Michael pretends to be her, our Michael, pretends to be her and takes over the Shinzo. I quite liked this idea of Michael having to be this dark version of herself who has a reputation for being a badass and, like, has to kill a guy in an elevator and then has to walk onto that bridge and pretend to be her and get respect and do things that she doesn't want to do. And Mm -hmm. how does that change her? What does that mean to do that? I enjoyed that. Yeah, one of my favourite lines from... I didn't have many. (laughs) um, But it was, I believe, Michael saying... I think she was saying it to, to Tyler... Um, but anyway, the line was, can you bury your heart? Can you hide your decency? Yes. Even if little by little, it kills the person you are. Yeah. And there was moments like that. I was like excited for what they could explore here. Excited to explore a world where everything is aggressive. There is no room for vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And the toll that takes on the people within that society. 
we didn't get there at all. But I, f- I was excited by the prospect of it, though. I feel like they tried to cheat it. Like, there's, there's, there was room for something to happen with... There's a Kelpian in... I think it might even meant to be Saru, sort of. I can't remember if it... Like, they all look the same is the thing, right? Mm. But there's the Kelpian slave that she's got, and she gives... Oh, that's Saru, yeah, yeah. It is Saru, yeah, right? Yeah. They, there's three others later that all look identical, except heights are different. But anyway, mm. the... And it... There is this sense of her being much more nurturing and kind to him than she should be in mm-hmm. that universe. She and, gives him a name, yeah. Right. And I can imagine a version of this where as she gets meaner or as she as she has to keep pretending to be this mirror version of herself, mm-hmm. she could start to not treat him so kindly, start to turn and watch yeah. that happen. And I think they tried to cheat it by having her eat the Kelpian that was offered to her, but it's like I don't also don't think they earned that moment because A, she's automatically disgusted by it and B, if she doesn't, she's going to be found out. So, like, yeah. what's her choices here? Yeah. It doesn't seem to re-actually change. It, there's these all these little mm. threads. I can sort of, like, well, yeah, see that, what you were trying to do and you didn't get to do the I work. I mean, though. I think the overall, I guess, theme or through line of this season is that, obviously, the, the choices we make, no matter what the circumstance, is what is in important sure and so yeah that that would be really interesting to explore how michael in that circumstance starts to make choices that go against who she is does that then change who you are she'd go to the bad place yeah this, this would act honestly like these sorts of themes are very interesting after watching the, mm-hmm. the, the good place because they and, talk about stuff like this yeah and ultimately towards at the end of this season of part two we have, you know, Michael's lesson is that, is that no matter the circumstances, Starfleet will make the morally righteous choice. That's a cool place to get to. Yeah, it is. Don't know if they earned it. No. <laughs> uh, we find out that the Emperor is Giorgio. Oh, my God. Saw that coming from a mile away. As soon as there was Emperor that no one had seen, mm-hmm. which, by the way, that was dropped in a second. A million people have seen the Emperor. But they talk about her being like <laughs> the Emperor of being like an unknown quantity. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, it's Giorgio. Who else is it going to be? Mm-mm. It has to be Giorgio because they, it's a secret, which means it's someone we know and... Who, what's going to be the most narratively? What's the best way to go? Narratively yeah, yeah. relevant, mm-hmm. and so the, that wasn't a surprise at all. And it's, a, I kind of guess it's an interesting idea from like a oh this is gonna this is a struggle on Michael because she feels responsible for real Giorgio's death. Mm-hmm. So how's she going to feel about this alive version of Giorgio who happens to be an imperial monster? Yeah. Um. How do you feel about all that stuff we do with Giorgio? <sighs> I, I wish. I wish, I wish, I wish. I wish I That's a, that's saw... a great series of songs from <laughs> Into the Woods, by the way. I wish. Oh, that's true. Sorry. Um, I wish that I had more depth from Miss Giorgio. I wish... Any, any, any depth? I wish she was a three-dimensional character and not a cackling baddie. I don't know why they didn't just give her a goatee because that's what they were going for. <laughs> There is zero, but none, none of the Mirror Universe people have any depth to mm-mm, them, mm-mm. right? All of them are caricature monsters. Yeah. And the one who isn't, it's Stamets, but he's just not different either. He's just kind of Stamets in a bad unit. I don't know. I really struggle with that mm. version of Stamets. The, uh, George has got nothing, except this affection for Michael because she was sort of her mother, I guess. Yeah. But what we needed was that to see that pull f- from Michael, like to see a bit of warmth 
in Giorgio to so that she could be conflicted by the fact that while yes this emperor does the worst things there are still elements of the woman that she admired and loved that should have been the tension why the fuck wasn't that the tension again i think that uh, well one of the things that's gonna become a theme in a moment as we talk about these reveals about like mirror versions of people Mm. is just this feeling that they didn't do the work and one of the things they want to convince us of is that Giorgio, Empress Mira Giorgio, has a huge affection for Michael. She feels betrayed by what Mira Michael did because mm-hmm. she was going to have this mutiny with um, Lorca. But, and then that affection is what allows her to sort of work with our Michael. But this, they do not know each other. They mm. know completely different versions of themselves. Mm. And even though they look the same, I, you. You just telling me that that she was the mother of the Michael, a a Michael we never met, mm. but um, we don't see any of that history. And you're telling me I should give a shit? Does not work. <laughs> no, you got to show me this mm. shit. You cannot tell me that history and make me give a damn. Yeah. Instead of forcing Michael to eat some Kelpian calamari, they should have had a scene in which they kind of see the version that they want to be there and we see a little bit of warmth and connection and then the reveal of like, I know that you're not the Michael that I want you to be. Yeah. And then just kind of like delve into that a little bit further would have been nice. There was a scene, the scene where Michael reveals that she's from the other universe is one of my most frustrating scenes because a moment beforehand, Giorgio was going to kill her. She was going to have her executed Mm -hmm. and then she's like, I'm from Mirror Universe and Rather than dealing with her with any sort of suspicion, she literally just lets her walk. Oh, like they are, there is no sense of like just having I a casual combo. They having a casual combo and just sort of like walking away from each other. I'm like, what the? F-? I don't understand a- any of the people's actions in this scene. Mm. You both should be super untrustworthy of each other because you come from alternate universes and you don't know what your motivations are, why mm-hmm. they're here. Everyone could be lying in this situation. Yeah. And they're just sort of like casually walking around. Because why why does she trust mm. her for a second? But I don't like, get it. But yeah, that's thing, like if you want a scene like that where people for some reason that you and I would be like, oh no, 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 but they seem to have a skerrick of trust in one another. Yeah. You need to anchor that in their shared history and the desire for them to be the version that they want. Yes. But they don't do that. Lorca <laughs> is Lorca that we've known the entire series mm-hmm. is Mira Lorca oh all along. Oh my god. So Mm. How do we feel about this reveal? On one level, I think it's kind of interesting, right? Lorca has always been a problem because he's kind of a dick. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. well, this guy's a dick of a captain. He's, he's obviously a, a bad manga. guy. He's obviously a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But we sort of started to see him maybe shift into something like learn or change. Or it felt like they were going, he was growing. Yeah, is a good word for it. At the end of the first half of the season. And then... All all of a sudden, we find out that he's Mirror Lorca all along, and this was all his grand plan to get home because he's going to kill Giorgio and take over the Empire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I love how many sighs are happening. It's just, it's again, it's an ideal that's filled with a lot of potential if they didn't immediately fucking kill him. Yeah. Right? Like, once you've built up... It made that- me go, what was the point of this whole fucking thing? What are we doing now? It's just, it's... It, 
it is just plot and it's mm-hmm. not anything because he's he's revealed at the end of one episode that it's like, oh, he was Mirror Locker all along and then he starts his mutiny mm-hmm. and he has one conversation with Michael over a TV feed. He has one conversation Skyping into the Discovery where he's sort of telling he has respect for the crew. And then he has, I guess, one more conversation with Michael before the the fight breaks out and he gets killed. I don't remember any of these conversations, but I'll believe you. This is the problem, right? (laughs) Because within an episode, we have revealed who Lorca really is and then disposed of him. Yeah. That is fucking pointless. If you're going to reveal that the captain that all these people have built some amount of connection or affinity for have been leading them for 10, 11, 13 episodes into this series or whatever Mm -hmm. it is... You leave him around long enough so people can actually deal with the fallout of that. Mm-hmm. They just sort of accept Their that that's the case. Their leader was an imposter. Yep. And that means they have been led to do some fucked up shit because they were following him. Oh, my goodness. That would have a real effect on the characters. Have a real Let's effect. see it. You would suddenly have massive trust issues mm-hmm. for so many different reasons. You'd be questioning your own thoughts, your own sense of intuition. Um, Saru, I think it once says, says I, why wasn't my, you know, Damage, like my uh, danger gangling going off and stuff like mm. that. Sphere gangling, whatever it's called. And like these are sentences that are said and never extrapolated on yep. at all. And all of a sudden that reveal has no significance on our character, yeah. on our core cast. So what was the point? Yeah. It was just a, it was a great way to get to a fun, it's a fun reveal. Oh my God, Lorca was bad the whole time. Not that that's really a surprise because he's always been kind of weird. Mm. But like, but it doesn't amount to a goddamn thing. Yeah, I think like through that reveal, I definitely went, "Oh shit," which was good. It was a good reaction. I was excited by that. Sadly, the internet and therefore myself, because I read the internet, picked it a week earlier. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So I like I was surprised, but yeah, but then it doesn't go anywhere, and it's just wasting my excitement. They have a C grade sort of. like spy thing where Michael's crawling around the ducks and he's trying to get Michael and then he won't kill her because he's like, you're not going to kill me. I know why, because you loved the other version of me. And that's like fucking show this shit. Wait, who who loved that? Walker loved like had a huge affection for Michael. That's the whole oh, reason that he got oh, right. Michael. So I thought you, you were saying Lorca was saying that to Michael. I was like, she doesn't love him. But yeah, I no, get what, Lorca, I, yeah, yeah, I she, get what you're saying. She said that to him yeah. um, when he was going to kill her, and yeah. she says, "No, you're not going to do it." Um, and like, and like that does explain why Lorca got Michael specifically onto his ship. Yeah. But it doesn't explore their relationship at all as the people that we've known for the last. It just doesn't mean anything. It's so frustrating. There is that should be the tagline for this show. It just doesn't mean anything. It's just the problem. It's there is it's the meatiest steak ever, and then they fucking throw it in the trash. It's so much we could delve into there. It's so frustrating to me. Sorry, sorry. I'm actually getting worked up. I'm sorry. No, don't angry. apologize. I'm, like, I'm right there with you, mm. and I think a lot of people would be. Um, Lorca is Mira Lorca along we said that he's going to kill Mira Giorgio and he's in love with Michael yes the mycelium network is infected oh here we go another whole plot line that oh lasts don't even get me started on the fucking planet regeneration no 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 no, no that's way before that though I do want to hear that because I'm in my notes the mycelium network is infected by Mira Stamets experiments and will destroy get the stakes here 
all life in all universes. You literally cannot get higher stakes than destroying not only your reality, but every reality. Everything. everything. <laughs> every reality. My mum, your mum, everyone's mum is dead. <laughs> every version of your mum in every like, universe is do dead. We, is that the stakes that we need? Isn't it just enough that these people are in danger and need to get back to their own universe? Why do we have to no, have no. a multi-dimensional the problem to solve? Of all- that's, of all, full stop. That's solved with an explosion. <laughs> One photon torpedo into a fucking obvious glowing weak spot, and that fixes the entire problem. I feel like I black oh out gosh. during scenes like that, because I'm like, this is fucking nonsense. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? I could not. I was just like, why? Why is this? This this is this. At the point, though, it's spectacle and like, oh my God, the whole multiverse, rather than let's just focus on the fucking characters for a second and make them drive the drama. I don't need that. You know what? This is something that I said about part one. Yeah. I've totally blacked out what I was going to say. <laughs> That's oh, right. No, yeah. The show does that too. Yeah. It sets up something <laughs> and then goes, oh no. Yeah, no, it's that for some reason these creators seem to think that people are tuning in to watch a 40-minute movie yes, every yes, week. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I don't want a 40-minute movie with a big twist in every episode, yeah. a big doomsday event every episode. That's not what I want. Draw it out. Let's dive deep into these characters and these events. That's what television is for. What are you doing? Yeah. I, I Part of me wonders, is it like, did they have so many ideas they weren't sure they're getting a season two, so they just threw them all in there? Or did they keep sort of hitting roadblocks and going, but what if we do this instead? This might be better. What if we did this? Maybe that'll be better. And kept moving through them until they're like, oh, fucking, I, we've sort of hit the end here. Let's, I guess, we'll just finish this off now. I'm sort of done. It was... I feel like... The latter makes more sense to me because if you were worried about not getting a season two, me as a writer, my reaction would be like, well, let's make a really solid, beautifully constructed season one. Mm. So even if we don't get another one, this alone stands perfectly on its own legs. I think the other version is the the second option I gave where they just sort of just keep trying like pile on top of these ideas. Might work as well if they were trying to get away from like whatever Brian Fuller mm. had put in. They were like this isn't actually that good. Yeah. Cuz it's Brian Fuller. And they <laughs> and they're like just trying to get past that or mm. get to something that's better but then they haven't put the work in. So like, yeah. Fucking get it done, move on. But didn't he leave it. after like Episode three. Early days. Like, before they even started filming, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But but if you got to the point where you're, like, doing set design and you've cast and stuff like that, you kind of got to st- get that ball. Maybe they even did the pilot. Get that ball rolling and then, like, then that change the trajectory. That doesn't change the written character moments, though. No, no. I, That's I, on I totally agree with yeah. that stuff. M- Michael brings Mira Giorgio. I remind you, a tyrannical emperor... <laughs> Back to the discovery. She's a war criminal. It, not like genocide. She's yes. committed genocide. Yes. What the fuck? Now I like let's be let's for a moment be <laughs> like give this some charity and go, okay, this is a meaningful thing for Michael because obviously Michael feels responsible for the death of Giorgio mm-hmm. in her universe. So she has an opportunity. She sees this Giorgio is going to perish. She's going to be captured and tortured or killed or whatever. No, I can save this Giorgio. Mm. Michael, this isn't your fucking Giorgio. I don't yeah. care what the fuck she looks like. You know for a fact she's nothing like her. There's n- 
And I, also she wants to die, so just let her die. Yeah, exactly. She's more than happy to do that. Yeah. You, you, in fact, yeah. Yeah, no. I, I, mm. But, oh, by the way, everything we just discussed happened in four episodes. Yeah. Four episodes they gave to yeah. the new universe, and all of that stuff happened. But also, okay, so if Michael wants to take back Giorgio to her universe, mm-hmm. because she believes perhaps that in essence... The, the essence is still there of a good woman. It's mm. just circumstances, coming back to circumstances and choice, that have created they definitely her, argue in this that it's yeah. nurture versus nature. Yeah. Nurture wins. Yeah. So if that's the case, then obviously you would take her back, imprison her, hopefully <laughs> so that she can... I'm assuming Starfleet prisons are pretty sweet. Like, as in, like, you'd get some... They can't some, be too bad, yeah. Yeah, you'd get... Probably, particularly if you were considered, like, a high-ranking officer, yeah. or whatever it is. Um that you would be able to... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you would be able to... I'm thinking to, redemption, but that's not... It's, um, uh, you're talking about... Yeah, you try right. Keep moving. I'll, I'll come up with the word in a second. Thank you. But you just keep talking. But the, like she would be able to grow because her circumstances are then changed and she will perhaps be able to find that essence again because she's been removed from this aggressive, oppressive culture. Yeah. But that's yep. not what they do. They bring her back and like, oh, she's here now. Let's let her wander around the ship. That this is insanity, right? They they I think they imprison her in like a normal she quarters. She has eaten people that look like Saru. <laughs> she does it all the time. <laughs> it's insane. There's, there's a there's a note I have which is Was she like drooling when she was looking at him because I definitely got that vibe. She's like, "Oh, fuck yeah." There was uh, that ganglia looks good. There I literally like I was thinking about putting myself in that scene where she's like the way she talks to Saru and the way she just talks to everybody. Rehabilitation. Right? Oh, you, my God. <laughs> but, like, the way she's talking uh, to Michael and to the commander, whose name I can't remember all of a sudden, sorry. And, like, I w- if I was there, I would be fucking in hysterics. You're ridiculous. <laughs> you're so funny. You have no leverage and you're acting like your shit doesn't stick. Yeah, I'm like, okay, like, Scar from The Lion King. Yeah, exactly. taking things very seriously. Yeah, it, seriously, it's so... <laughs> Funny and no one is like everyone should be just like it's like what whatever. is she doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> totally. Um, so I also want to mention that what stuff that happened in four episodes. The entire time that was happening, Laurel is just in the fucking brig. I don't know what is the point of this character if you're just going to keep her in the fucking in a prison the entire time. Just have people come and talk to her occasionally, because yeah, I guess so. And yeah, then I don't know, do something with Tyler and Vok. Yeah, I yeah. know, right? Um, Discovery gets back gets back to our universe, but it's nine months later. I'm oh surprised you didn't make a sh- joke about Back to the Future, by the way, earlier. And the Klingons have almost won the war. Instantly, I'm like, fuck me. Why are we going back to the Klingon war? <laughs> Why? In, in part one, you talked about, like, we're so glad that we were going to be leaving the Klingon war behind. I figured if we're going to go to a mirror universe or get stuck in an unknown part of space, yeah. we'd stay there for six episodes. Yeah. Not four rushed episodes and then go back for <laughs> two final rushed episodes to finish off this war mm. that we've missed nine months of. Yeah. That was unsolvable for 13 episodes. And all of a sudden <laughs> it's like, oh, we'll just fix it by blowing I'll just put a bomb in a volcano. Oh, fuck mm. me. Michael lied to Saru about meeting Kelpians in the mirror universe. They do fucking nothing with it. They do absolutely nothing with it. You lied to me. I had to. Conversation Fair done. enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Moving on. Why good point, e- Michael. Yeah, you know, you've made some good points there. Yep. <laughs> why even have that plot thread? 
Why even Why mention it? Why would you it? make her eat? Uh, what are they? A no, kelpian. I, I keep going, going to call them Endorians, but that's wrong. A Kelpian. Why make her eat a Kelpian? Endorians are Ewoks, aren't they? The moon of Endor, Endorians are Ewoks, are I they? guess. I guess they are. Endor- they have to be. I mean, it's the moon of Endor, so maybe there's different. Maybe there's Endorians on the yeah, planet no, Endor. I'm, yeah, no, I'm right. Endorians are a, a type of alien from Star Trek. They're the blue guys with the little antenna. Oh, they're Endorians. Yeah. Right, okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah, why make her eat that disgusting thing? She doesn't seem to have, like, really any trauma from it. She's happy to, like, stare at Saru and be like, yeah, I ate probably something you're related to. <laughs> I'm good. But look, I got a new mum. It's just like they set up this drama. They set mm-hmm. it up. They just said, like, have you seen any Kelpians there? No. She says you ate a Kelpian. Why did you <laughs> lie to me? I had to. Done. That's Oh, boy, am I red-faced. That's not how <laughs> drama works. Do something with that idea. And you can't go back to it now. You can't go, like, yeah. all the stuff's happened at the end of this. Mm-hmm. The war's over. They've all gotten commemorative medals. He's the commander of the ship. I hope it stays that way, by the yeah, way. I really, I know they're going to get their new captain, but why just leave Saru as the captain? Get some other people to come on board mm-hmm. instead? You can't go back to, by the way, that was fucking bullshit you lied to me <laughs> however many months ago that was. Yeah, Saru just becomes really passive-aggressive, <laughs> just, like, dropping hints all the time. Yeah. Uh, the Federation, oh, this is the one. This of all the things is the one that made me fucking Ooh, I'm go, excited. Why? I'm excited. Why? The Federation give Mira Giorgio the fucking captaincy, right? Now, I do understand the idea that she's capable at war or whatever. You don't need her to do this. No. You know what you do? You say, all right, she's been through a lot, everyone. So she's just she's obviously not going to take back the captain. Captaincy? Is that a thing? Captaincy. Captain, yep. The captaincy. She's just going to be an advisor for the missions. But Saru is still in charge. Why Why do they even <sighs> feel like they need to have her, ve- like, reveal her? Why not just keep her in quarters? And then use send her, her down. Information, and, yeah, and then send her down. Yeah. Why Good do they point. have to go, by the way, Here's Captain Giorgio, who now they have to explain why she's not coming back. Because it's a forty-minute movie, and they needed a grand entrance. Fucking Probably rubbish. <laughs> Fucking rubbish. It's so bad. You're trash. Mm. Oh, Mira Giorgio is going to blow up Konos to end the war with my. But Michael gives the bomb controls to Lorel, who uses this strength to unite the houses of Klingons. Again. <laughs> I think, again, Sorry, I, think, I just picked the mic there. I think, I think I understand the theory of this. It's just like, again, we've just come back from four episodes of being in a mirror universe that was completely unrelated to this stuff. And it, there were some interesting ideas that you didn't explore. And then you give me two episodes to come to this solution to a war that we never had to go back to at all because it could have been ended off screen because they left it in a place where all of a sudden we had the advantage last time we left it. Why are we even doing this? What is insane Why to me <laughs> is that... so you three, give, three was generous. You <laughs> give... Yeah. You give Laurel this power to say, unite the Klingons and move their agenda away from destroying Starfleet. Yeah. What guarantee do you have? Nothing. That that is such a bad idea. So terrible. It's a terrible For idea. For multiple reasons, right? First of all, you're going to trust Laurel, who you've had imprisoned in a brig for a long time. Yes, I agree that she wants to see the houses of Klingon united. Why does she not maybe want to do that once they've taken over the universe? Like, wait a bit, and then you can play that power play and be... You know, do that when they're in a position that they can just rule the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Why not? Um, but not just that. I just think it's a dumb plan. Like, 
get, get this, guys. You should all be united because I have the controls. The only person who can control this bomb. But what if someone murders me in my sleep and takes those controls That's away? And all saying, of a sudden, like, it's like, what the fuck does it she matter? She could just be shot in the, while she's giving that speech. It's like, Boom. someone could just shoot her in the head. Yeah, exactly. That's what I kept thinking. It's like, what like, protection is that? Well, that problem's over. It's nothing. <laughs> it's, it's so nothing. dumb. It's so it dumb. It felt really childish. Yeah. It is childish. It's oversimplistic and it happens out of nowhere and it's yeah. not earned. And like, like, you could even see a version of this where Laurel is taught about the Federation and how then I know there's a conversation oh, I don't know. through the dynamic of Vok and, and Tyler. Tyler. Oh my God. There's a conversation <laughs> that takes place about how the Federation isn't interested in wiping out your culture, mm-hmm. but it, I think it takes place immediately after Giorgio like strangles her or something like that. Like it's yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. It's, I just, I don't believe that was enough to make her feel any sort of, if she's going to be on the ship you. for, practically the whole season, maybe get her viewing the Federation as a non-threat. Yeah. Yes. Get yes. her learning, get her, actively exactly. learning. No. So dumb. Tyler and Michael love each other, but I was never, I never believed it. I never, that the whole thing at the end um, with Tyler and, it goes on for multiple episodes. Michael is traumatized because the man she loved ends mm. up being, a Vulcan, and that's distressing because her parents were killed uh, Klingon. by Klingon. Sorry, her parents were killed by Klingons, and like, sure, that that's there's trauma and drama there. But then, like, and then yes, he did abusive things to you. But then they still love each other, and they need each other, and then he's gonna leave though. And um, this is a a case of which they do all the time. It's like all they do is let's write what really we should be showing, which is the whole thing of like, you mean so much to me. You're yeah. my tether. No, yeah. you're my tether. No, you're my tether. Yeah. Um, to which I was like, well, no. Tyler is always erratic and bizarre and I have no idea why Michael thinks that he is some sort of foundation to lay on. That makes no sense to me. I was like, wouldn't it be nice if we, I don't know, actually saw them bonding, connecting. The one instance I kind of liked was back in part one during the the mud episode. Yeah, yeah. But that was it. Magic to make a man go crazy, whatever it's called, that yeah. episode. Yeah, the Groundhog Day episode. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, that happens. But it also happens, like actually happens in reality over about 10 minutes because yeah. they just kept redoing that and kept forgetting it anyway. Yeah. So it was never really a, ma- a massive bond. It was a starting point. I do think that they kind of went there this season when they had Tyler be the one that came with her over to the Shinzo. And so he was her tether for a while. He was her tether back to the the crew of the original one and they start sleeping together and he's around. But that last one episode, well, it's that's, like, that's could you please thing. just give this room to breathe? If yes. you're going to do this, Yeah, that's do where it. the frustration lies. We need mm-hmm. at least one episode before Tyler gets ejected out yeah. into space of her just changing or being affected by being this captain. And him being there, seeing it and pulling her back. Yep. And that trust. Mm-hmm. And then what you've got, right, is once he starts to go Vok, she can help pull him back. Yeah. But instead they just fucking fry out of him with Laurel and we never get that chance. It's a, it, There are, again, kernels of good ideas here and none of them are taken advantage of. <sighs> okay. I mean, uh, are we... Well, I'm getting when more Neil, and more depressed. I'm, I really am that ready to try my score. Um, Michael gets pardoned. Everyone is heroes. Mira Giorgio is still floating around in our universe somewhere. They just just sort of let her go. I mean, oh, fuck it. Gen- Do I need to say genocide, <laughs> genocide. again? 
Yeah. Unacceptable. <laughs> uh, Tyler Lives Laurel, we said, the show ends with the Discovery getting a distress call from the USS Enterprise. I've seen fucking that many. Oh, yeah. And the, the sorry, the original series credits music plays over the end credits. Fanboys wet their trousers all at the same time. I've seen so many people talking about how awesome that moment was at the end. I'm like, why do you why trust this show yeah, to do anything That was with my that? thing. I was like, I didn't care. And also, I don't know how you could be excited considering the disaster. I, uh, that's probably a, a bad... Is that too much of a big word to call this season disaster? A disaster is a bit overdoing it's, it's it. It's overdoing it. The thing, again, I want to say, there are entertaining moments yeah. in here. The ideas are fun. It's yeah. just never... But I don't... Yeah, what I'm trying to say is that even though you might be excited about the idea of those two meeting, what we have seen from this creative team is so subpar Yeah. that like, I can't get excited about what they're doing next. If I like in the future, season two comes out and it's got rave reviews, sure, I'll check it out because I want a new Star Trek show. I want a Star Trek show to be excited about, but I'm not excited about it anymore. It's totally <laughs> destroyed it. It's for e- me. it's easy for me to say this as someone who's not a fan, but if I was a fan, I would honestly be fucking insulted that you would try and pull that yeah. cheap ass move on me and make me give a shit by saying the Enterprise is going to be in the next season. Oh my God. Tune in next time. Exactly. I'll be like, fuck you. You didn't earn the right to go there, to yeah. use that. You know how much I give a shit about that. Yeah. And you're going to use that to try and get me to care. Mm. I would be insulted. That being said, um, I was like looking at reviews. It's funny you mentioned the Vulture review from what was the name of that uh, author? Oh, let me bring it up. Because it's funny because there's another uh, reviewer I love. Mallory uh, Ortberg. Awesome. So she's a vulture, yeah? Yeah. Matt Zolosyst, who is a really great TV reviewer, and I think he's written books on a couple of different things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he did an article, Star Trek Discovery just pulled off an incredibly good first season. And he- How I, dare you? I would normally trust him on this stuff. But it's funny because as I read this, right, and I won't go into specifics, but he obviously is a massive Star Trek fan and mm. he talks about that moment where the Enterprise shows up and you hear the music and like, and that when they finally get to that place where we're like, this is what the Federation's all about. Mm. And I'm like, I don't think we've watched the same fucking show. No. I really don't think that we've watched the same show. And I wonder if maybe I'm missing out because I'm not a big fan. Maybe I would have enjoyed this more. Maybe it's more in line or, or is saying more about the Star Trek that's come before it. If I'd, been a bigger fan of those things. But I don't think it is, though. You've seen a lot I, more than me. I think, uh, I mean, I haven't watched a lot of the original series. Um, I've watched a bit of Enterprise. I mean, honestly, I what I've watched is Voyager. Like, that's, yeah. that's my thing. And w- what made me a little hopeful was for the future was not to see the Enterprise. It was... That we're moving away from it was all the, these ideas. Yeah, it was the readjusting that was stated by Michael saying, oh, yeah, this is what Starfleet is. Yeah. These are the ideals that we hold dear. This is what we stand for. Yeah. And that's what we're going to be moving forward. And that made me go, thank fucking Christ, because what we have seen before is not in line with my Star Trek. Mm-hmm. 
it's not in line with Starfleet. And I can understand exploring how Starfleet became such an idealistic Mm -hmm. thing because they saw the consequences of not being that. Mm -hmm. But they didn't earn that at Mm -hmm. all. But the the prospect that they've realised that what they've done before is not Starfleet. It's not really Star Trek. Moving forward, perhaps they'll be more in line with what I... From a, like, meta-creative... Um, sort of perspective, you think you look at that and go, if, that, if that's a statement about what Discovery is going to be in season two, mm. then you're interested or, or, or hopeful, maybe. I'm, I'm more that. hopeful than that it'll be better than what what's come before. Yeah, yeah. that's sort of where I'm at as well. Um, if you, um, we'll get to this question in a second. I, I don't know about season two. Like, mm. if I'm interested, I, I think I'm only interested because there is a glimmer of hope that season two is going to be a massive departure from what I did with season one, mm-hmm. and. I want to give it that chance, but I'm not going to give it a big chance. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I can't guarantee I'm going to watch more than a couple of episodes. And yeah. if it's not grabbing me by then, I'm like done. If they're doing the same thing of big plot moves and very little time spent on character development, even maybe within the first, maybe the first two episodes. Yeah, I'm giving it like not, two if episodes. Not, if they're not doing that, then I'm I'm done. Like I don't care. I really don't care. I kind of feel like we've answered this question, but I'll put it out there anyway. How effective was the mirror universe as an exploration ad- device? And what I mean is that, like, you you look at the... Like, it's such an interesting place to go and say, here are the bad versions of all of these characters we know. Mm-hmm. But how... Maybe that was a flaw to begin with because we don't know our characters well enough? Absolutely. That is a foundational flaw in bringing this mirror universe into the second half of your first season. We don't know these people really Mm -hmm. to understand the implications of seeing a bad version of them. I don't know any of these people. Yeah. Do you know these people? I don't know who they are. No, I, I, I kind of know. I, I know Michael and Saru a little. I think I know those two a little bit. Mm. I think Saru is a really well fleshed out, performed character. I beautiful think, performance. Beautiful, beautiful performance. Doug Jones is really good in this mm-hmm. show. Yes. Incredible considering the makeup and stuff. Like that, he does that for fucking breakfast though. But <laughs> he's great as mm. Saru. Yeah. I genuinely love Saru as a character. Mm-hmm. Want to see more of him. Want him to be captain. Let that happen. Michael, I think, is fairly well performed. I think you're pushing shit uphill with that character, though, because of the way they just throw her around and mm. make her do these big emotional things. But there's, again, grand ideas around her. They never give her enough time to actually absorb any of it or do anything with it. Do you remember when Michael had a really big conflict between balancing her Vulcan side and her human side? Do you remember that? Yeah, it was back in yeah. the first half of season one, mm. yeah. Interesting how that just is no longer disappeared. An issue. Yeah, they kind of, they kind of, kind of went there with that. I think there was a talk with Sarek at one stage about that sort of stuff. But again, it's just like it's not like one conversation is not enough. You know what I mean? That's the problem with the whole show. <laughs> is that there might be one, maybe two, maybe even three conversations about something. Yeah, but then that's it. Then it's dropped. Yeah, and it's like okay. And, like, that can work in... Well, this is why... This is why the Monster of the Week or, you know, Mission of the Week type episodes of the original series work so well because you can go grab one good concept and go, let's shake that thing around Mm -hmm. for 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever you want to do. How would these characters that we as the creative team understand completely, how would each one individually react in this circumstance? How would it 
affect them. Yeah. That's the story. And so we can explore this interesting sci-fi idea. We can have all our characters deal with it and we get to know more about them because how they react mm-hmm. to it. And then mm-hmm. that issue is solved at the end of the episode and we move on to the next mission in the next episode. Yeah, cool. So I'm not left on a cliffhanger at the end of every other episode. That's a shame. But it is so much more effective to just give these fucking ideas a good hard shake rather yep. than mm-hmm. here's some here's some interesting sci-fi ideas. Uh, motions versus logic. If you're brought up by Vulcan, uh, what happens if Mira Lorker was Lorca all along? Uh, it's just like, yeah, just not give enough time. Yeah. I, I'm actually kind of exhausted by this whole show. I, I did find myself as well, and this is, I don't want to admit this, but I was actually having a hard time just giving it, like, actually paying attention to the show by the, towards the end. Because I, it wouldn't take the time to make me invest, to help me invest in anything. It wasn't doing the work. So as shit's happening, I recognise that stuff's going on. I was distracted a lot. Yeah. I think I gave my cat way too much attention that she mm. at one point just had to leave. So I just like <laughs> didn't want to engage with what was on my screen. It's hard to engage with it. Just a bunch of stuff happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I said earlier, the season is six to eight episodes, maybe even a whole season too short for what they're trying to achieve. Speaking of the characters for a second though, going mm-hmm. back to that because I think you're on the right track there. Kind of know Michael, do know Saru, maybe know Tilly a little bit. That's about it, right? That's it for any of the characters. Yeah, you're about to bring up one of my big issues, yeah. Okay. Something I started to kind of like. Oh. Kind what of was did you like. kind of like? Well, they started letting characters who had never said a fucking word in the show say some say lines. Something. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, the android lady's talking. Oh my God, the lady with the weird eye and the thing grafted to her face is saying something. The black officer, I have no idea what his name is on the show, is saying something. Mm-hmm. They had lines for the first time ever. They even sort of had like expressions that suggested what they were thinking inside. And yeah. that's the entire- Oh my God. <laughs> that was the entirety of it. Yeah. I was like- you don't know how much better this would be if you just did the work and made me know these people. Yeah. I, kn- I don't know anyone on the bridge. Isn't that the whole point that of Star was Trek? a huge chunk of my notes was, you know, I understand there's a desire that you're, you know, you're creating this new Star Trek and you're introducing the world to a new audience. And because we live in 2018, it's usually like a darker and more serious tone. But I think... You can still have all that, but you still need one of the most important ingredients of a Star Trek show, and that is a sense of family and community. Yes. And this show doesn't have that. Yeah. And it is left wanting, my friend. I am left wanting, actually. It's left wanting. It just, it's... it's, mm. We discussed this a bit in the first half of the season as well, how there was no sense of place on the Discovery. You don't understand it... You don't feel like it's a home. I was thinking today, actually, in the car. I, I don't know why. I was thinking about the mess hall, right? Mm. I, I know why, because we were, I was listening back to the first episode we did about this. And, like, it's just a fucking box with tables in it. It's so drab and nothing. And I think back, I've barely even watched Next Generation, but I think about, like, the lounge area and, like, the food pro- thing that makes food for them. Yep. And it's... It's bright and it's comfortable and it's a place where people can go to hang out. Mm-hmm. I know this is a warship in this thing, but they, the Discovery is the name of the ship. Yeah. Firefly, is it's, the mm-hmm. ship's called Serenity, yeah. but it's a Firefly's mm. the ship and I love that ship. But the, the mess hall is a really important place when you think of the Starfleet ships in Star Trek previously. Mm-hmm. That, because it's not on the bridge where 
everything is happening. Mm -hmm. That is a place where characters, it's not in the quarters where they're by themselves. It's a character. It's a place where characters come together, allowed to take a moment, sit with one another when nothing else is happening. They're just together and either they bond or they discuss an issue of the episode or whatever it is, we get a deeper insight and we have a moment of pause and reflection. Yeah. We don't have that here. How many conversations take place in hallways in this show? Oh, just like good old walk and talk. walking to Hello, places. Sorkin. Yeah, mm. yeah, which is, yeah, sure. But, but like, if you're going to be Sorkin, be Sorkin. Do you know what I mean? You're going to ape from, like, one of the best TV rides that's ever been. Yeah. Do it. Mm-hmm. Don't think that you can get all... Yeah, nah. Nah. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. All right, I've just got a couple of fairly quick... Side notes. This is the formerly was quickfire comments. We've ditched that idea. We're mm-hmm. just going to give some side, some little side notes before we um, wrap things up. How dumb is this whole sensitivity to light thing? So this stupid. idea that Lorca had that, and that everybody in the mirror universe like has to be in darkness all the time. I just as a, as an idea, it just makes sense to me. Was that by the way? Was that something that was established? With the old Mirror Universe stuff? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I feel like if it was, everyone would have picked that Lorca yeah, was, was so Mirror Universe not, the yeah. entire time. So probably not. Mm. So they've just invented that and said, oh yeah, we all hate light. It just... <laughs> it's so on the nose. Their guns seem to be shooting bright lights <laughs> at one another. It doesn't make any sense. Also, why yeah, don't... why haven't ball of light that's... They're in fucking ship. spaceships. Why haven't they created some sort of like, I don't know, contact lens that blocks out that shit you know what i mean like a tinted contact lens something a vaccine you get it's yeah. like everyone's like oh we don't have to worry There's about some that. cool sunglasses i don't know but there should be a way to you know help curb that i also yeah i wonder if it's one of those things you even know about like if your entire race is just sensitive to light it's just like then you've just found a way to exist like how does that even happen yeah but we have a sensitivity to fire right yeah but so does everything we don't then go like sticking our hands in fires. Like they're like sh- driving, driving, <laughs> driving around like suns and stuff and stars Even with on- like the windows, like just the windows aren't fucking tinted. What about just on planet Earth though, where the sun is? Like, how do they just walk around the daylight? Are they all vampires? <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. Um, boo killing Lorca. Now, I understand maybe Jason Isaacs only signed on for one season, but don't kill him. If you're going to... Oh, I thought he meant like Boo, as in there was a character called Boo. No. And I was racking my brain, I'm like, who is Boo? No, Boo. Boo, Uh, the killing Lorca. Yeah. Like, don't. That's that's a potentially interesting character. Don't kill him. Yeah. Don't get rid of him. I mean, they might bring the mirror universe. I mean, the normal... Lorca. Universe. Lorca. Don't, didn't he die on his ship like everybody else did and he just made up a story about... Yeah, I suppose. But they, I don't know. If, I haven't seen a body, so I don't know. That's Well, I even wondered. He was getting like absorbed into the mycelium network. Maybe mm. he'll just be Ghost Locker in the next time. Oh, my God. Um, the, I understand why they had to hide the information of the Mirror Universe um, from everybody else because the Mirror Universe is not a known... I don't think it's a widely known thing. In later Star Trek, it could be wrong about mm. that. But the, there was a, there was this weak-ass excuse. It's like, if everyone knows about the Mirror Universe and everyone will start fucking around with the Mirror Universe, I'm like, but 
multi-dimensional travel and stuff like that's kind of don't how you, does one <laughs> don't but don't you like you're you're exploring space mm. that's that's what the federation do shouldn't there be some scientific investigation into the like, we know that people can cross over maybe learning about that's a good thing to know about in case someone else comes from another universe and like this whole idea that we're just like shut the fuck up when yeah. no one can know about this and like yeah that's good for yeah. your continuity but bad for science it's so dumb that's huge. It's huge. <laughs> it's so important. There's a multiverse and that we can cross over dimensions. Someone should be working on this shit. Look, you're making some great points. Sorry. Have you got any side notes you want to get through before we finish? No, we've li- I've literally mentioned them already. Excellent then. Least favourite and favourite episodes. What was your least favourite episode, Damask? All of them. <laughs> no, is that, I, I is actu- that what you got out of that article you read out earlier? It's just like, oh, they're all the same. Uh, what is my least? I can you go first? I actually yeah, okay, I'm sure. ha- having a. Problem I I had deciding. a really hard time too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say my least. Oh, well, I'm actually going to do this in reverse order. I have to do this for the sake of my point. Oh well, okay. All sorry, right. sorry. Right. I mean, I would have done that, but sure. Sure. Well, we can. You can do it too. My favorite episode, <laughs> but it'll be obvious what I'm saying as soon as I do it. My favorite episode was episode ten. Despite Fuck yourself, you. <laughs> same as yours. Mine. But for one very simple reason, potential. The first episode. Fuck was a f- you! That's my exact reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first episode back. We revealed it of the mirror universe, knowing we were away from the Klingon War, which yep, I was very excited yep. about, and the potential for more interesting stories that had nothing to do with that. Yep, the yep. Killy stuff was fun. Mm-hmm. Watching Michael take the captaincy of the Shenzo was good. We lent into the Tyler being Vok thing. It's like, oh, cool! They're going to do something cool with Tyler. There was so much potential for good storytelling. My least favorite episode is episode fifteen. Will you take my hand? The finale because it's the epitome of wasted potential. If yeah. you're going to spend basically the entire season with a secretly evil captain, don't kill him one episode after that reveal, and especially don't make that the not finale and have two further episodes going back to the old plot that could have been resolved off screen. Oh, wow. <laughs> Bro just punched a passerby. <laughs> I shouldn't say coming. <laughs> Oh, Christ. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, we we know my favourite is episode 10 for all of the reasons that you stated. Yeah. My least favourite, I, I don't know, it's, I'm just picking a <laughs> random one. I'm going to go with episode 14, uh, <laughs> the war without the war within. Um, just because we were back now into the normal universe. We're going to Konos to commit genocide apparently because <laughs> an insane dictator said it was a cool idea. Um, and also, we've got the amazing. Oh fuck! Oh, it makes me angry thinking about it. So there's a bit of a spore issue. A bit of a spore issue. What can oh, we do about I it? Forgot about this. What can we do Didn't about even it? Mention this. Oh, this is going to take a while to solve. It's a pretty big issue. It's going to take a while. No, don't worry. It's going to terraform a moon and just grow a bunch load. Real quick too. Like that terraforming happens it, instantaneously. I, oh, I hated it. I hated it. Anyway. Terraforming at three percent, six percent. 10%. It takes me it more time to download an episode, download a video game than it took to terraform a moon. Uh, when I update my Mac, <laughs> yes. it takes longer than update. terraforming a fucking moon, apparently. Yes. <laughs> oh, Christ. It's so annoying. Anyway, so Dude, that's going to be my least favourite. It's like I'm only so passionate about this <laughs> because I truly believe this could there is good mm. stuff in here that is being wasted. Yeah. If it wasn't if it was just wholly bad, I would be way more apathetic about it. Yeah. I think. But knowing there is good performances in here, there is good ideas, there's good visuals, there could have been a great show. A great season of television in there, I reckon. It's just it kills me. It kills yeah. me. 
Do we want to keep watching? (laughs) Do we want to keep watching? No, I I don't. don't As I said earlier, I I honestly am not sure. I'm pretty sure I'll give it a couple of episodes next season Mm. of straight up curiosity. I'll let you do that and then tell me how it goes. Because I'm well, the thing was, two episodes into this new season, we were both saying this is actually kind of good. Actually, yeah. (laughs) Come around on this. Fools. (laughs) Yeah, that didn't last. Um, predictions, hopes, and concerns. Do you have anything for that, Damask? I have a concern that you're going to make me watch season two. <laughs> that's about it. No, Maybe. I don't know. I don't I like care. The idea of that veto power. You're right. <laughs> um, the thing that's interesting, it's kind of a pro and a con, I think. It's oh, actually sorry. I do have a hope. Yes. Sir. Go on. That the mission statement stated by Michael actually turns into what season two is. I hope so. Well, that's this is the thing, right? Yeah. I... I I don't know what the show is going to be going forward because they didn't leave us on a cliffhanger except for the Enterprise is showing up. Mm. But the biggest clue we get is the stuff with Michael at the end, yeah. right? And so I do hope, my hope is that that <laughs> is going to be where things go mm-hmm. and that this could be a very, very, very different show next season. Yes. We get to keep things like Saru and Tilly and Michael that work well enough. At least Saru works great for me. Mm-hmm. And that maybe we'll get to meet the people on the bridge finally. Wouldn't that be nice? Get oh, some names. Delightful. Just a name would be nice. Um, I just want to meet Cyborg Girl. I just want it. She actually said a couple of things. Oh, she like, looks so... I, that, I'm in love with that character design. Yeah. I want to hang out with her. Yeah. I know. I know, right? Mm. And the, you keep her at arm's length. Just... That would be amazing. If yeah. they can just do a bit where she gets to go on an away mission or something like that oh, straight yes. away at the start, I'd be like, you, you, tell you tick, what, tick. you're helping. You're yeah. making me want to watch you. Um, but I predict the Enterprise cliffhanger will last one episode. Episode one back, we will spend some time with Captain Pike and the Enterprise and it's going to z- yeah. warp away. You know what we'll that distress call is going to be? What? Accidental butt dial. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, bye. <laughs> bye. Yeah. Oh, we can't even see you. Sorry. Oh, it's the, you're breaking up. There's, there's, there's interference. Sorry, bye. Didn't mean it. Yep, I just go all the way back to Vulcan. It's like, shit. Keep going to Vulcan <laughs> and get to the captain. If you'd like to contact us, <laughs> you can do so by going to Facebook and searching for Hunting Seasons. You can find us on Twitter at HuntingsSCast. Hunting S-Cast, excuse me. You can go to our website, www.huntingseasonspodcast.com. You can email us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com. You can find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at bgordis, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, where I have been, what have I been doing lately? Arguing with people about gun control after today's (laughs) events is probably the main thing. Uh, What about you, Damask? I haven't, sorry, I haven't looked into that shooting because I just, I can't, I can't do it anymore. It's depressing. You know, it's really depressing when you come from a country where that shit's under control because we just did something about it. Because we made some goddamn gun laws because it works anyway. Um, Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. What have I been tweeting? I think I was just tweeting about Queer Eye a little bit Mm, this week. Yeah. mm -hmm. Uh, also, thank you, of course, to Sean Kirkpatrick for our wonderful Hunting Seasons logo and graphics. You can find his work at Shawnee Boy Draws on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to Jordan Calavis for our Hunting Seasons theme song. You can find his work at soundcloud.com slash classicjrex. And thank you to Lucas Heil for our bumpers. You can find his work. And I do suggest you go here and check out the hilarious stuff at birthdayloyaltyclub.com. If you're so inclined, we'd really appreciate some reviews on iTunes or uh, Google Play or wherever you happen to find us and listen to us. That'd be wonderful. Next week, we'll be back with The Wire Season 2, which I'm excited to do. Have you started watching Season 2 yet? No, but I really need to get on that. Yeah, I should have started today, but it didn't happen. (laughs) So I'm going to be watching three episodes a day for the rest of the week. I was too busy watching RuPaul, apparently. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
priorities. Yeah. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening to us rant and rave. We will see you next time. Catch you later. Bye. Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.